or somebody should just tell me what he, he thinks when he talks, when, what he or she thinks when it comes to let me say, unconditional love. So where is missing? Amen. I'm the only one who has internet in this room. Maybe it's supernatural. Amen. Okay, so what do what do we mean by unconditional love? Yes, yeah, Sister Sally. Where's the, the microphone around there? Papa for the opportunity. I think that unconditional love is love that has no limitations. So just like God loves us without limitations, if you say um, unconditional love, it's just love without limitations. Love without limitations. Amen. Amen. Who wants to add up to what she says? That's powerful. Thank you very much. Who wants to add up to what the husband so this is a great responsibility of the husband. Is that not true? Okay, who wants to say something? Glory. Glory. Um, loving with no particular reason. Mm-hmm. Once loving with it, no particular reason. Yes. Mm-hmm. Once you add a because to it, then it ceases to be unconditional love. Once you add a because to it, then it ceases to be an unconditional love. Is that not powerful? Is that powerful? Wow. Okay, so unconditional love. It says that love, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. So he's comparing the love that the husband should have toward the wife to the love that Jesus has for his church. So a husband must not love based on because. My wife has been very good, so I love her. She doesn't give me any problems, so I love her. No. It says that the husband should love the wife unconditionally. Love the wife with a kind of love that Jesus loved the church. And not only loved the church, but sacrificed himself for the church. He gave himself, or he sacrificed himself for the church. So it means that before you say, I do, as a young man coming, you should have trained yourself, or you should begin to train yourself in the love of God. Husbands in this house, you should begin to train yourself in the love of God. We have to train ourselves to love our wives beyond any other thing. Now, when it talks about this kind of love, it's a God kind of love. I don't want to go into all of that now, but I can share with you one or two things from scriptures that demonstrates an unconditional love. Amen. So it says, husbands, love your wives 
even as Christ loved the church and gave himself. So the first of all, the husband must love the wife with the kind of love that Jesus has loved the church. You can write it down. Secondly, the husband must be willing and able to give himself. To give himself. To make himself a kind of sacrifice. To be sold out completely to the wife. To be sacrificial when it comes to the wife. Now, when we say sacrificial, it doesn't mean that you are just doing something. What I'm t- talking about when I'm talking about be able to sacrifice is that you'll be able to take a lot of things that in your egoistic tendencies or character you may not take. Amen. So the reason why I was talking about all the cholerisms and all that, that if a husband is choleric or is a, that kind of thing, a person may be mostly be a no-nonsense person. Amen. So the demonstration in the home will be a no-nonsense demonstration. Did you hear what I said? But if we are putting all those things aside and we are focusing on the word of God, then even if you are choleric or phlegmatic or sanguine or whatever it is, the scripture is a yardstick. God wants everyone, regardless, I don't know where all those choleric and all those came, came from, and I don't want to uh, trash it, amen. But God wants everyone, regardless of your choleric and phlegmatism, to love your wife even as Christ loved the church. So if that, the scripture doesn't regulate you, or if you are not renewed to what the scripture is saying, then you will not be able, because we are, like I said yesterday, we are in a generation where we are not doing what the word says we should do. We are now learning. But if we learn to do the scriptures, first of all, we will love our wives without what? Condition. We will love our lives, our wives with the love of God. Not with human love. There are different kinds of love, but I don't think I should talk about that now. Amen. But you love your wife with a kind of love that Christ loved the church and gave himself. Now, that kind of love take us to first Peter. I just want to explain the love aspect. I said, number one, you love your wife as Christ loved the church. Did I say that? And number two, you love your wife and give yourself. You are sold out. You give yourself. Now, when you give yourself to something, no matter what comes against you from there, because you are fully, you are fully giving yourself to it, you still stay with it until it becomes what you have. You have in your mind that it becomes. Is that true? I said, is that true? That is what what, what it actually means when the scripture says you have given yourself to something. I'm not talking about when you have given yourself to something and then one or two comes up and suddenly, so I gave myself, but uh, 
now let me leave it and look for something else to do here he's talking about Christ giving himself that means that he gave himself to that point where when the people were saying bring us the thief the armed robber and arrest this young man he didn't sit down and say challenge of no he went through the whole process to be able to present the kind of church he was looking for unto himself amen so the husband must love the wife with the love of god there's also another kind of love that the husband must have which i'll go into that but generally the husband must love the wife with the love of god and secondly the husband must be able and willing see willing no really not just a kind of willingness because it be willing be willing but willingness that is coming out of what you know a man to give himself to the wife now concerning the love take us to first peter first peter chapter 4 verse 8 First Peter chapter 4 verse 8. Are we there? Are we there? Is this and above all things have fervent love. The King James uh, where it translates charity is love. Have fervent love among yourselves. It says for love shall cover the multitude of sins. So it means that the God kind of love covers multitudes of sins. The kind of love that the husband should have toward the wife is the love that covers multitudes of sins. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? The kind of love that does what? Covers multitudes of sins. The love that has what it takes to cover multitudes of sins. To cover multitudes. So you cast your mind back to 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 when your wife did something against you or, or, or what did something against you or did something you didn't like you see or like i said yesterday the husband is an example or the wife retorted to what you said see? the wife retorted to what you said that you didn't really in a way that you didn't like but in all of that it says that have a kind of love toward that your wife or toward your wife in a way that you cover all the multitudes of sins. So true love that a husband has covers multitudes of sins. So that the husband doesn't bring back a past fault. Or the husband's love is not dependent on fault or no fault I thought you write that one down so that you remember it's not dependent on fault or no fault it's not dependent on fault it's a love it's a love that genuinely loves the wife you hear what I said and this is an instruction this love husbands so he's giving how many husbands do we have here 
Now he's giving you an inst- God is giving you an instruction. So you say, Thank you, Father. I received that instruction. Then he says, You say, What is that instruction? He says, I'm instructing you that from today, love your wife as I love the church and gave myself for the church. You say, Yes, sir, I hear. Is that not true? Yes. Then I'm telling you that that kind of love covers multitude of sins. Amen. Have you written that one down? Another one is here. Hebrews. Oh. Is that not powerful? I said, is that not powerful? So he's talking about the kind of love that is more than just I love you because you did this for me. Whenever I talk, you say yes, sir. You see. So once the wife is playing her role of submission and recognizing the husband as the lord of the home, and the husband is also working toward that. The wife is working toward that. The husband is working toward that. You see, I'm not saying you demonstrate that at once. But as you know, you begin to work toward that. That becomes your drive in the home, in the marriage. Knowing how to recognize your husband as the head, as the leader, as the Lord. The husband learning and also knowing how to love the wife beyond the faults beyond the insults beyond the harsh words you didn't hear what I said you are building a home Romans chapter 13 I think Romans chapter 13 from verse 8 to 10 Romans chapter 13 from verse 8 to 10 on the same love the same kind I'm just going to give you some one or two on that so that you know when it says that because when we say all conditional love is like oh unconditional love but the scriptures explains what exactly now it says oh no man anything but to love one another for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. Oh, no man anything. Say it after me. Say it again. Say it again. Now, many people have uh, misinterpreted that scripture to mean that don't owe anything. So they say, oh, no man, anything. Since you are owing your, you are owing who? The car dealer. Then they say, the Bible says that don't owe the car dealer. That's not what it means. Here, Paul was talking about love. So when he says, oh, no man, anything, but to love one another, what he's talking about is holding something about somebody 
in your heart. When you hold a grudge in your heart, a fault in your heart, you are owing that person something. It looks like you are not hearing me. Are you hearing me? So it means that Can you give me a newer translation of that so that it becomes clearer? NIV. So here it doesn't mean that, oh, no man, anything. No, oh, the guy is coming to take his money for a laptop. They say, oh, the Bible says, oh, no man, anything and all that. That's what he's talking about. You see. But what he's talking about is that when you owe what, here, now, let no debt remain outstanding. That means that don't keep something, a grudge, a fault in your heart and be carrying it with you so if I hold a grudge against the God in my heart I'm owing him something you know what I said I did you hear what I said that's what the scripture means so it says oh no man anything or let no debt remain outstanding except continuing debt to love one another. And go back to the King James. So what is he telling us? He's telling us that don't owe your wife anything. He telling us what? Don't owe your wife anything. That means don't carry the issues of what your wife has done against you in any way, in any form, in your heart. And I'll give you a scripture that battles this point later on. Amen. I said amen. amen. But to love. It's for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. Continue. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not convert. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Can we read this scripture? One, two, go. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Mm-hmm. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the Lord. Love worketh. Can you give me the NIV of that one also? Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Love doesn't plan. Have you seen? That you hold that grudge to the point where your wife cooks for you and says you will eat. Says love does not no does no harm to his neighbor. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Love does not work ill to his his neighbor. To work ill, to do something harmful, to do something painful. Are you writing it down? Do something helpful. Do something painful. To do something that is a, like a form of retaliating. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Is that not powerful? Who hear what I just said there? So love worked no ill to his neighbor. That's also another side of love. So we ought as husbands 
and husbands to be <laughs> is that not true we ought to train ourselves that's why I said that marriage is not built on ignorance marriage is built on knowledge so that if we we will spend just a few years before we get married because we know one day if you are not married you know one day you get married as a man is that not true by manual is that not true so before then before you even come in contact with a particular lady whether fair or dark or whatever it is you are training yourself to love like this that is the first step with a young man who knows that or who has planned that when I'm aged so and so I'm getting married but after do you hear what I'm saying one day you get married two of us and you have plans so this is the time to begin with this if you are also married this is also the time to sit down and spend some time all by yourself to study and to build this consciousness into you so that in your marriage you are not planning to do evil to your wife to do ill to your wife you didn't hear what I said it's part of loving your wife as Christ loved the church so you are not giving money or paying a bill based on your wife's love Amen. Amen. You go beyond certain things and just love. Amen. Amen. Did you catch this one also? There's also another scripture. Shall I give you some scriptures about this love? Shall I give you? I don't have much time, so I have to give you. Say, give us, sir. So that you can study all these things yourself. Amen. Go to Ephesians. Thank you, Jesus. Abde Ali Kataya. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32. Ephesians chapter 4. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor then he says that continue and be ye kind one to another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you how? For Christ's sake. So why do you have to forgive your wife? For Christ's sake. Did she say sorry? No. But for Christ's sake. <laughs> Write it in your book. Did she say sorry? No. For Christ's sake. <laughs> Is that not strange? For Christ's sake. So you say that, my beloved wife, I forgive you for Christ's sake. By the time you've gone to work and you've come back, with all that happened in the house, you are forgiving her for Christ's sake. 
You are not now coming to demand uh, sorry before. That's what he's saying here. Is this not a you know Jesus made, <laughs> made a statement about marriage? Eh? The disciples they said that this thing is so hard. If this is it, then we don't have to get married. <laughs> I don't have to I'll give you that scripture. <laughs> When they asked him about divorce, and he said, Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, this from the beginning it was not so. For when God created them, he created them male and female. But from the beginning, there was no need for divorce. They said, But why did Moses give us a bill of divorcement? Because under the law, because of what was happening, God had to permit Moses to give a bill of divorcement. So when your wife does one or two and you don't like, you go to his parents and give a bill of divorcement and say, you keep your daughter. I'm going to look for another person. Under the law. So they were asking Jesus that, why then did Moses give a, permit us and give a bill of divorcement? And then Jesus told them that from the beginning it was not so and that he created a male and female. And that because of the hardness of their hearts, because the, under the law their hearts were hardened God said, no, these people, their hearts are so hard and Moses, I'm permitting you, do a bill of divorcement. Any man who wants to put away his wife, let him just give a bill of divorcement and then that's all, the marriage is broken. Amen. So when the disciples heard, then Jesus said that what God has put together, let no man therefore do what put asunder. And when he said that, then he says, well, I say unto you, anyone that puts away his wife and gets married to another person, has committed adultery. And when the disciples heard that, they said, hey, if marriage is that difficult, then our hands are lifted. This one day we can't do it. Amen. So that's what I'm trying to say here. It says, love the husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Forgiving your wife, forgiving your wife, do what? Forgiving your wife just as Christ has forgiven you. So you look at the last time you you were driving and you saw somebody or somebody's car passed by you and you said when it Jimmy be when it Jimmy be and 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 Christ forgave you for saying those words. That's how simple you can calculate it. You may say, Oh, that's for me, I've not done anything, I've not gone to chase a particular lady, you have not done this. But you made an utterance when it Jimmy be. Is that not true? And the person who rolled down his glass and you say, Bull, bully, bull, bull. What do they call that? Bull, bull, bull. And then when, after you even said all the bull and you drove back to, you drove, when you were saying that you were on your way to church, oh, when you entered the church, you took the microphone and started singing. And Christ didn't do like this. Christ didn't just do like this. She's singing after saying bull. <laughs> Is that a strange? By the time you're holding the microphone, the microphone will drop on the ground. You carry it again, it drops again. Hey, what is happening? I tend to let you know that you have you, you made a mistake somewhere. You've offended somebody or you said something. And that's not what he's saying here. Is that what he's saying here? The Christ loves us so much that once we do all of that, when we come and we are singing and we are all of that, he's still blessing us. You see, so he's telling the husband to love the wife in a way that the husband forgives the wife, does not think ill about the wife. Because normally, when they are even 
misunderstandings, the tendency for you to begin to think all kinds of negative things about your wife is there. Or decide not to even do all of that mind here and all that is there. But it says that we should forgive. Amen. And we are all being perfected in love. Say, I'm being perfected in love. And it's important we all learn and perfect ourselves in this kind of love. Verse 33, is it there? Go to Ephesians chapter 5. Come on, shout glory. glory. Ephesians chapter 5. Can we go there quickly? Amen. I don't want to dwell on only this one so that I can enter. So you see with this, be ye therefore followers of God as his dear children or as his beloved children. The word dear there is his beloved children. We are God's beloved children. And walk in love. Look at a husband or a young guy and tell the person, walk in love, walk in love. Walk in love. Walk in love. So this and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. So you, the husband gives himself to the wife as an offering. That's a what? An offering. That's the second point on giving yourself as a sacrifice, an offering. Is that simple and short? We don't have time to go into all of that again. Amen. There's still more to talk about in Colossians, but I think it's okay with what I've shared. But on that same point, let me take you to Peter. He take us to Apostle Peter's epistle. First Peter chapter 3 from verse 1. In fact, we will read from verse 1, but let me, because we are talking about the husband, let's let's go to verse 7 quickly, then we'll come back to First Peter chapter 3 from verse 7. Because we are on the husband, I want us to go. Are we there? Likewise, you husband, say me husband, dwell with the wife. Because he started speaking from verse 1. says, dwell with them according to knowledge. What knowledge is he talking about? This knowledge I'm talking to you about is what he's referring to it as knowledge. Dwell with your wife according to this knowledge. Giving honor unto the wife. Do we have husbands here? And we have men here? Can the men and the husband, those who are not married and those who are married, can we read this scripture together? One to go. Hey, the way you are reading it, dear. <laughs> Again, one to go. That your prayers be not hindered. He's talking about the husband. It means that the wife, the, the prayers, the prayers can never be hindered. So the husband. So I have a message like that. One of the hindrances to prayer is this. The hindrance. The hindrances to prayers. Amen. One is this. That your prayers be not hindered. Amen. He says, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, 
as unto the weaker vessel. Giving honor. Giving respect. Giving what? Respect. Unto the wife. As unto the weaker vessel. Now, use the weaker vessel not because the wife is unable because he wants us to know he wants us to treat the wife as a, 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 a special kind of person to treat your wife as a special kind of person to treat your wife as a fragile person just like you hold a glass with caution if you hold a glass right now will you do that will you hold it with caution or you, you just throw it like a bottle. You hold it like you're holding a bottle. If you're holding this bottle, you can even kick it. Is that not true? But if you're holding a glass, you handle it with caution. How many of you have held a new phone before? You, you hold it with caution. You don't want it to drop. That's what he's talking about. With the, with the expression, a weaker vessel. So you're handling your wife with caution. With what? With caution. You don't reach that stage when you say, I'm so angry and so bitter. Maybe as we go, we'll get that one. At my wife, the point where she's cooking for me for the past three days, and I said, I won't eat. Amen. Amen. Who heard that? So I think that it's so important. Now let's start from verse 1, this same scripture, before we go back to the Ephesians. Because yesterday I mentioned certain things that are also here concerning the wives that I think that it's good if you have that written down. Is it, is it a simple teaching? It's a simple teaching. But it's a hard saying. Isn't it a hard saying? People say, this is a hard saying. Who can bear it? <laughs> now, this is a hard saying, but we can bear it. Amen. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Be in subjection to your own husbands. I wanted to find out why he started with likewise. Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection. That is, bring, be in subjection, bringing yourself to subjection. Doing what? Bringing yourself to subjection. Bringing yourself to submit. So likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Why did he say your own husband? Because some people bring themselves into subjection to other people's husbands. They see other people's husbands and they respect them and submit to them. With no ulterior motive. Amen. But they respect them. They say, oh, hey, 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 sir. But when it comes to their own husbands, they can't bring themselves into sub- subjection to their husbands. It says, be in subjection to your own husbands so that if any, that is if any husband, if you are married to a husband and that husband is not born again, that's what it's referring to. If any obey not the word, as if that husband is not born again, doesn't go to church, he's living his own kind of life. But having said this, it's important you understand that the scriptures admonishes that you marry a believer. 
the scriptures admonishes that you marry a believer. Don't marry a fraudster. Marry a believer. Do you know what I said? And the scripture admonishes that you marry a believer. But then if you get married to an unbeliever, or you are married to an unbeliever even before you got saved, or two of you were not saved, amen, there are instances like that, two of you were not saved, and then you just got married. Then later, you hear the gospel, the wife, and then you get saved. And the husband says, I'm on fast, I'm sorry, sorry, we're in free, my niece will come in, I'm sorry. And as the devil joins the church, but you are saved. He says here that if any obey not the word, or there are also certain husbands who act like they are saved to come and look for a lady in church, and after their wedding, they don't, they are not saved again. They are looking for them, they don't come to church. Do you know people do that? There are a whole lot of things in churches. <laughs> don't act as if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> There are people who enter the church just to look for a, 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 a church, church girl, as they put it. And then after that, they don't go to church again. After the wedding, we see on Sunday, young cross, but they're already married. So he says, if any, <laughs> if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Now, this means that if the, the person is not born again, is an unbeliever, he doesn't obey the word, doesn't believe in the word, that same person can be born again without you preaching to the person. How? It says by your conversation. The word translated conversation is behavior. By your godly behavior. Your husband who doesn't know the scriptures doesn't want you to even see you re reading the Bible, doesn't even believe in the Bible, by your behavior can be won to Christ without you preaching the word. Did you see it there? That's what he's talking about. If any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by your behavior, by the conversation of the wives. Is that not powerful? There's an expected behavior of the wife. There is what an expected behavior. I think that it means if you can, if your wife is supposed to reach that point of where he, her behavior can win a soul, not her speech, can win a soul in the home, then there's an expected behavior. Is that not true? Now he continues because this is a semicolon. So continue. While they behold your pure behavior, your chaste, your genuine. Just conversation that means pure, genuine, godly behavior coupled with reverence. So the wife must demonstrate a kind of genuine, godly behavior. Is the wife writing something down there? Probably shift back to her efficiency. But are you seeing it there? A genuine, pure, correct, godly behavior coupled with fear. The word fear there is not that you are free or shaking. It means reverence. Godly reverence. Having reverence for your husband. So your husband is loving you just like Christ and he's not owing you anything. It's not owing you. It means that he's not keeping grudges. 
against you. It's not harboring faults. It's not just talking about your weaknesses. And even to that point, where he forgives you as Christ has forgiven him. Easily. Whilst the husband is building that knowledge or is living that knowledge. Because remember, he talks about that knowledge in, in where we read earlier. The same uh, uh, book, the same chapter. Likewise, he has dwelt with them according to knowledge. That's the knowledge I'm giving you now. According to what? Knowledge. It is that knowledge. Another thing is according to wisdom. But that's what I'm talking about with the husband. Then he says, the wife also. So whilst we are also demonstrating pure conversation coupled with reverence, it means that the wife must have reverence for the husband. Respect and reverence. Do you see it there? To every one of us have the role to play. So whilst the husband is focusing on all this love and all that, and the wife also is focusing on what I've been sharing yesterday and today. And the husband is focusing on being a true leader in the home. All of us are working on building the home. If you hear that shout, glory. glory. You understand what I'm saying there? So, while they behold your pure conversation coupled with reverence. Say reverence. reverence. Now continue. Then he gives us an example. Who's adorning now? Here he says that who's adorning? That means that he's talking about who's dressing, dressing, dressing. He's talking about women because you see, Peter also knows. Peter was married. Paul was not married. Paul had a grace for celibacy, but Peter was married, a man. Peter was married, and because Peter was married, Peter understood certain things also about marriage. Peter knew that men, women love to dress and dress well. Amen. So he said, who's adorning or who's dressing, let it not be that outward dressing such as plating the hair. How many of you have done your hair? How many of you have done your hair here? So such as plating the hair and of wearing of gold. My necklace is gold. My This is gold. You see, and what? And of putting on of apparel, nice dress, and all that. It's, don't let your your behavior just be a behavior of wearing dresses, driving a good car. My husband has bought me a good car. You see, plating your hair, wearing of gold, and all of that. But rather, because there's a, a colon, a semicolon, continue. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible so a kind of lifestyle which has nothing to do with corruptible things like what I just mentioned even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit so I said it means that he's expecting a particular behavior from the wife did I say that earlier on that is what he's explaining here that a meek and a quiet spirit so he says to me, me, I'm like this, I'm like that. My uh, uh, temperamental group. Here is not temperamental at all. Here, he says, but let it be the hidden, let your behavior be of the hidden man of the heart. Let it be from your inside. Not from outward, not outward appearance, but inside. Let it be a demonstration of a meek 
and a quiet spirit. A demonstration of what? A meek and quiet spirit. So God is expecting a wife to demonstrate a meek and quiet spirit. In the office, you can be your boss and do all that you want to do as a wife. And say, hey, security man, come here. Once you leave the office and, and you are the manager there and all the in the bank and you are finished and you come home. In the home, God expects a meek and a quiet spirit kind of wife. Write that one down. A meek and a quiet spirit kind of wife. Not just a wife that is just enjoying a Range Rover and wearing a gold and wearing dress. So after wearing all the dresses, if you don't have a meek and quiet spirit, in the sight of God, it says, which is in the sight of God of great price. Of what? Great price. So a meek of quiet spirit is in the sight of God of great price. Or of great value. If you heard that child glory. That is the wife. So maybe you were brought up in a home where you just speak, speaking, speaking your mind. Nobody shuts you down. Nobody tells you. Nobody, and you are coming into a marriage. Or you are married already. And that is going on. And husband is telling you that you know, Annie, I love you. Or what do you call it? Uh, what word should I use now? Bay. Bay or babe. Bay or babe. Which one? Bay. Without B-A-E. So he says, Bay, you know I love you so much, but the way you are always very uh, like this, like this, you understand? The Bible says have a quick, big and quiet spirit. You take that because the husband is what? Is the leader. Because it's a meek and quiet spirit which is in the sight of God of great value or price. You see what is in the sight of God of great price? A meek and a quiet spirit. So it's not in the wig. It's not in the plating of hair. I didn't, did I write the plating of hair there? Yes, he wrote it himself. That was how many years ago. They knew even in this time we still plate our hair. This is in the, pla- <laughs> in the plating of hair. Now continue. Let's go to the Let's go to the example he gave. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also. Now, now he's taking us to the Old Testament somewhere. In the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves. It is that the holy women adorned themselves, adorned themselves. In what? In a meek and quiet spirit. Is that what he's saying? Yes. Oh, do you understand the scripture? Yes, Adorn themselves. Who trusted in God? Adorn themselves. Being in subjection unto their own husbands. The old women did that. Not modern women. So if you want your marriage to last, you can't copy modern women. You can copy these old women. You know what I said? Because the modern women, some of the modern women who we are copying, they are even marrying so that when they divorce, they will divide properties into two. The same thing. It's not the same. Is that true? Modern women. Meanwhile, you are also not in US, you are in Ghana. You may even end up in a court where the the judge the, the says, and all that. If it's in US, it will work. In Ghana, once you can pass through the channels, you can do a lot of things. Is that not true? 
So who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands? Colon. Even as Sarah, as an example. Now, outside Sarah is Abigail. The story of Abigail and what's the other guy's name? I always forget the man's name. Laban. It says that even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, you see, the Bible tells us that Abigail's husband was a foolish man. That's what the Bible says. Before God calls a husband a foolish husband, it means that there are foolish husbands in this world. They are what? Like Abigail's husband. But Abigail, Abigail knew how to save her home. When David was rushing to the house, she knew what to do to save the home. The man was drunk. He was drunk. Death was coming. He was drunk. He was so rich and foolish. You understand? So this one, he gives us this one. Says, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, Sarah did what? Obeyed Abraham. If you take the scriptures like a Sunday school child, these scriptures I'm sharing, like a Sunday school child, it will save all of us our marriages. You know, it says, Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, you see where I got yesterday's thing from? Yes, Calling him what? Lord. Calling Abraham Lord, whose daughters you are. So you are not the daughter of what home? Ni, uncle ni home. So you are married and you are bringing the uncle ni way of handling marriage to come and meet Mr. So and so. No. Or uh, Mr. Jones' home. Or Pastor So and so's home. No. He is calling you. He's calling us. He's calling as what daughters of Sarah. So I'm a daughter of Sarah. Whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. I'll continue. Is this not a powerful thing? Who caught something there? Did the wives catch that one there? So it's important you go back and look at that and cultivate a meek and quiet spirit. He did not say that the Holy Ghost will give it to you. Did he say that? But I pray, give me a meek and quiet spirit. No. Cultivate it. A meek. That's a humble and a quiet spirit. Let me go on the men so that they don't, they don't, they don't become biased. Is that not true? Then he comes here and says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. According to what? So the husband, in, in fact, in reality, husbands must not be ignorant at all. A believing husband. Unfortunately, in looking out for spouses and all that, that's not even what we, we don't even care about that. Whether the husband has read John 3, 16 or can even recite John 3, is not a problem. As long as he's ready to marry me, I have to get married. Even my friends are getting married. Is that not what happens now? So the husband gets married and there's no knowledge about anything. He has just gotten married. His next one is to make sure that you are pregnant and have children for him. After that, that is all. But it says, husband, 
dwell with them according to knowledge the husband must dwell with the wife according to knowledge what knowledge the knowledge that you are the head of the home the lord of the home and you are living in the home you are you, have, you are the exact setting an example in the home in all areas an example did i share that yesterday the knowledge that you should love your wife as christ loved the church and gave himself love your wife with the kind of love that christ has towards his body the church that's the knowledge the husband must have so says likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge giving honor so he says have reverence for the husband now here he says have respect for the wife say respect say respect. say respect giving honor giving respect adoring the wife or your wife respectfully so sometimes men say you should respect me in this house i'm the lord you should respect me in all the things he doesn't he didn't talk about respect talk about reverence and there's a difference there's a difference between reverence and respect this reverence reverence is like esteeming somebody highly in a way you revere this person that's why we call some people reverend reverend is that not true you revere somebody So you esteem your husband you don't look down on him because your salary is greater than his own says so give him reverence or because now his things has come down and you your own is top so it is said that in certain nations in africa once the man loses the job i was listening to some seminar married like that he's he's like a, a a nobody in the home because he has lost his job there are people like that but once the husband loses the job or loses the job the husband loses the job because of any reason maybe covid reason or whatever reason the husband has become a useless person in the sight of the wife but that's not what he says here he says that give reverence then here also he says give respect unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel handling the wife as a weaker vessel that's why he's talking about loving with loving unconditionally you treat as a weaker vessel you don't want to break her heart you don't want her to have sleepless nights you got what i'm saying and be so emotional and 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 not even what to know, know what to do next as a weaker vessel so if you want to understand this simply when we close just take a glass like this and handle it even when we say tell we tell you to throw the glass you may not throw it is that true you are handling that glass with caution with what caution with some kind of careful some kind of extra carefulness did you hear that some of you are sleeping are you sleeping or you are here if you are here give me a wave and say papa we are hearing you okay so it says that as being asked together of the grace of life why because you and your wife born again you are asked together of god's grace because we are you are sharers of god's grace you are you are sharers in god's grace you are partakers of of god's grace two of you together so this we are sharers together of the grace of life that's god's grace the grace of life so that your prayers be not in there now this translation this one 
when you study many school of thought or uh, Bible uh, what scholars and all that think that it means that because husband and wife are supposed to pray together if these things don't take place and there are issues in the home sometimes it prevents them from praying together amen but I don't agree with that here amen that your prayers be not hindered come on shout glory who understood what I just explained there? So did Sarah called Abraham what? Lord, Lord. So now we have Lord Gabi and Lord who? Lord Nana. Lord Obed. Lord Papa. Is that not true? Now can you give me the NIV of the verse 7? Come on, shout glory. glory. Who caught what I just said there? So let's go back to the Ephesians. So, that is why it's important that you, you marry a believer. In fact, nowadays, people say they are believers, but they are not actually believers. Is that not true? Yes, At the time, they finish their marriage, you wonder whether they are still Christians or they stop being Christians. Amen. But it says that husbands love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave, gave himself for the church. That he might. Are, are you checking? Is there NIV there? Okay, so you see the NIV is there. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Amen. That nothing will hinder your prayers. Nothing will hinder. So this makes a lot of meaning. Is that not true? Because bitterness can hinder your prayers. When there's no peace in the home, when you want to pray, makalos, makalot, you just, just, just and put it down. Is that not true? You want to pray, makalos, makalot. Sometimes you even want to pray for your husband. You say, Father, I, I pray. You say, Father, I pray for Kojo. But I better use that time to pray for my own father. So, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So when there is peace, and there is what? Unity, and there is love, and there is reverence, and there is respect, and there is submission, we can freely pray with no hindrance. In fact, we, we, we flow freely. Do you know that? Do you know that you can flow freely spiritually when the, your home is peaceful and all that? When there's heja heja a little bit, all your spiritual, you must suspend it until the thing is settled. Is that not true? It's true. I said, by the way, you are saying it's true, sir. So it looks like. So go back to Ephesians chapter 5 and let me conclude and then we can go and. She so says that the church and gave himself for the church. So. We said number one, the husband should love as Christ loved the church. Number two, the husband must give himself as an offering, a sacrifice. The sacrifice doesn't mean that he's sitting down, you just call and be sending him around, and you no, know, that's not what he's talking about. As a sacrifice, it means that he's sacrificial in the in the in the whole home setting. He's not just absorbing things into himself. And calculating things, 25th, this happened, 22nd, that happened, 
24th, that happened. And piling up things. He has what it takes. He's, 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 he's able to accommodate things. Is that right? It's accommodating. That's what he's talking about. He says, giving himself. Because Christ Jesus, as I speak to you, is accommodating of us. Is that true? No matter what you do, Christ still loves you. So a husband must be accommodating of the wife. Does it make any meaning to you? And not just pointing things everywhere. Pointing things everywhere. Just stop pointing things. Did you hear what I said there? Is that the, go to the King James of that. So it says, gave himself for the wife. You have a responsibility as a husband to give yourself to your wife, to give yourself, to be committed to your wife, to be what? Do you know what that means? It's to be committed to your wife. You can't miss that call without calling back. No matter where you are, what you are. yesterday I said, no matter what money you, <laughs> you will defray your woman. You come and sit in the house and be drinking soup with your wife. <laughs> don't 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 let all this money money. Money driven, uh, you know why I didn't call? I didn't call back. I'm very busy, it's so busy. In all your busy schedule, call back or pick the call or send a message. There are some of you who work in offices that the only time you are you act as if the only time you can send a message is 6 p.m. and all that. Meanwhile, if somebody sends you a, send you a, a client is after you, he's, as I talk to you, he's holding money dollars he, he wants to buy that uh, thing you, you you know even if you are you are on the tree mountain top you come down and enter a bush somewhere to call is that not true because you see you see if if something bad happens to you as a husband uh, no matter where you are working if you work somewhere and something happens to you the first point of call is your wife so now people can even tell they can call and tell your parents and they are unable to tell their wife do you understand what i'm saying because people because of the closeness you have so if you, you are acting like you are you are a untouchable husband untouchable man and as for you and all of that if God forbid if something should happen in the negative. There are people, there are husbands who go places that their wife even never knows where they are passing. See, first you have to say, but I thought he was on his way to Kumasi. Oh, but well, this happened in Osu. Hey! <laughs> yeah, father-in-law will be calling. What happened? I heard that my, 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 uh, what? My son, my son was on, was, was driving suddenly, uh, he just felt feverish and he has been rushed to the hospital. What happened? Your son, father-in-law will be calling the wife first. Is that not true? Because you don't know what to Then Abena too says, Kojo ah, didn't say he was going to that direction. I don't even know all of that. You have now. Why would they be calling the wife first? The point of call will always be the wife first. So you can't be so busy not to return your wife's call or your husband's call or not even to send a message. And you can't be so angry 
not to also return or pick or send a message. These things are so important. Because as we said, there are a lot of things that happen that, that happen in homes, in life, marriages, and all of that. And some of these things are very important. Your wife must know where you are going. Especially the husbands. Because we are in the they are calling you Lord, Lord John, Lord John. So you tell me out there. Is that not true? <laughs> you tell me out there. I don't know where you are passing. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us. And has given himself for us as an offering. So I said be accommodating. Be able to absorb certain things that are not even good as the man. And you do that as an example so your wife learns that from you as a good example as the leader in the home is that not a simple teaching and powerful teaching so before well, let me just conclude with this amen it says that he might sanctify and cleanse the wife with the washing of water by the word so the husband has a responsibility to sanctify and to cleanse the wife to sanctify to set the wife apart, to cleanse the wife, to work on the wife. And Allah asks that what if the wife is what? Is unwilling. If the wife is unwilling, you must bring that wife to me. <laughs> is that not true? Why would the wife be unwilling? How many of us know, how many of us wives or even ladies, you are not married? Or single ladies, let me put it that way. Before this thing I just said, or before yesterday, ever thought that your husband has a responsibility, a role, or a responsibility to, to do a work on you? How many of you ever thought that? That he has to work and present you to himself, a perfect person. How many of you ever knew that? In your counseling, you are taught sanguine. When you say, you say then she's already a sanguine. You can't do anything about her sanguinity. You can't do anything about that. You just take her like that and live with her in all that. Is that not true? But the scriptures tell us a quick and quiet spirit. There are places, you go, no matter your sanguine, have a meek and quiet spirit. Is that not true? There are some guys for them, they are like, they say that they are like, they are likened to monkeys who move everywhere. They are jumping from place to place. And all that. In all your jumping from place to place, make sure you don't jump to the point where by the time your husband comes home, you don't know where you have passed. You are in some party somewhere. Every day, every party you are there. And some of you wives are like that. Every party you are there. Change. Maybe it may not be a sanguine, but change. Don't be in every party like that. Is that not true? Don't be a, 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 a partisan. Christian. <laughs> in in quote, in quote. <laughs> Every party you are there. Tomorrow is my brother. The next day is my cousin. The next day is this. Your husband says, party, yeah, those who, Oh, you know they are my family. I can't do anything. You are married. You are one flesh now. Do you hear what I'm talking about? So the, your husband may not say, no, don't go. Because if your husband says, don't go. Today, don't step out of this house. Wahala day so he won't try it but he may say oh this is your party thing is becoming plenty you see him say that maybe one you see him say that maybe two you see you sit down and say hey 
it looks like Kwejo is concerned about my party, you know. You know there's, there's too much out in every Saturday. Every Saturday, there's a, a wed, cousin wedding, nephew wedding, the next day naming, the next day this. Yeah, you always <laughs> always showing new dresses. Some husbands are like that. Not just the, the wife. Some husbands. Every Friday is a Friday of me and me and friends. Is that not true? Boiling. Me and friends. Every weekend, me and friends. Now football. You must look at all of that. Your wife is saying, Charlie, this your movement is becoming too much. You say, oh, you know, they were my friends before I met you. They were my friends. Is that not what happens? They are my friends before I met you, you see. So it's not only the women. When we are saying that women, some men like partying more than women. They, every Friday, they go and sit in some Osu corner somewhere and get beer, beer about, what do you call it, table food, round table, and pork. Is that not strange? Maybe a, is, they are, you know there are Christians too like that? There are Christians like that. That's why the Christians we call worldly Christians. There are Christians who still they can drink more than even the person who is creating the Alomo Bites owner. There are Christians like, Christians like that. Some bring it to church. They are, they are drunk in church. I knew a man like that. Every time he comes to church, where we were going to, he was so drunk. When he sits down a little bit and he's so tired, he'll pass behind the corner somewhere, enter the washroom and begin to take cigar. Hmm. You see, so it's, it's like that. It's important. And let us all be prayerful in our marriages. Let us be prayerful because the enemy doesn't want a stable home. Amen. Let us be prayerful. So that he might present it to himself. A glorious church. So, if the person is not willing, then there must be a talk. Maybe today we are able to talk about, maybe one day we talk about that communication and how to settle this with another. But there must be a, a talk on it. Because sometimes it depends on the, if the lady doesn't know all these things and you say, you don't know that the Bible says, Bible Ben, I walk and walk you. <laughs> so those are the different. But any person who knows from scriptures what I'm sharing, because these things are not things we even talk about more in marriages. Is that not true? Yeah. But we are supposed to start doing counseling maybe a year. And then when we teach you small, we let you go and now start working on training yourself in working in love. Because you can't just automatically start working in God's love. It's training. You're being perfected in it. The same with submission. The same with reverence. And all of that. So you have time. Because we want your home. But today's youth doesn't want to have time for all of that. One year. Hey, now Is that not true? We're in a hurry. All those Okwa people. The time you go and meet him there, you see that Abuchere there is another thing. So that he might present it to himself, a glorious church. So the husband has to give himself to helping the wife supporting her in her weakness in all that you see encouraging and admonishing the wife see, with the word of god and all that to the point where the wife becomes a perfect wife a perfect what wife, wife. a glorious church a glorious wife not having spot 
or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies or bodies is that not true to love your say that husbands should love their wives as they are loving their body hey this one is an issue <laughs> it depends on how much love how much love you have for your own body <laughs> is that not true so those who don't love their body so much <laughs> may end up not loving their wives but he says that with a sense that every man loves their body is that not true you keep your body you and all of that the same love you have toward yourself that's what he's talking about the love you have for yourself but in a situation where you have somebody who doesn't love himself then that person needs, needs counseling that's another situation but generally we all love ourselves is that not true don't you love yourself love yourself so the same way you love yourself and you look at yourself and say could you wait to me papa could you now look talking to yourself will you say that or you get your body so hungry meanwhile you're not fasting will you do that and all of that the same love you have toward your body yourself that's what he's talking about do you love yourself just extend that same love toward your wife the same way you love yourself so he said that that what so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies he that loved his wife loved himself wow I thought you say wow to that he that loved loved what is it there Ephesians chapter 5 verse 28 he that loved his wife loved himself so he that hated the wife hates himself so if you love your wife it means that you love yourself that means that when your wife is dressed very nicely you are the one who is dressed nicely did you hear that if your wife is doing well and everybody's saying hey, oh, why you? Tell you why you? and they're talking to the wife they are telling you that oh, why you? shout glory to that so they see that loves the wife loves himself also is that clear the proof that you love yourself is your love that you have for your wife amen then it says, For no man ever yet hates his own flesh, but nourishes, and, and that's the work of the husband, to nourish, right now, to nourish and to cherish the wife. I said that to love your wife as you love your body. You can write it down. If you love your wife, it means you love your body. As a husband, as a husband if you love your wife, it means you love your body how do we know you love yourself when we see that you love your wife it's not when we see you wearing new shoes every day when we see your wife wearing new shoes every day we know that you love yourself <laughs> is that not powerful uh, but it's so powerful god loves women god loves women god loves wives it's very, it's, very, it's very strange the way he compares it here you see he that loved his wife loved himself for no man ever yet hated his own flesh but no so the husband must nourish and cherish the wife have you written it down to nourish is to take care of proper care of 
write it down, nourish, to take proper care of. May the Lord bless all of you men so that the, your desire for your wives will be fulfilled. Amen. What what you have in your heart that you want to do for your wives. May the Lord bless you so that you can do it for your wives. Amen. I bless all, all men. You have a responsibility to nourish. Say nourish. 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 To take care of. To attend to taking care of. Nourish. To cherish is also to highly esteem. To love, to cherish. So you have a responsibility to also cherish your wife. Is that not powerful? For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. It is for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And they, they too, they too shall become one flesh or shall be one flesh. Once you get married, you are one flesh with your wife. Amen. When you are taking care of your wife, when you are nourishing your wife, when you are cherishing your wife, you are cherishing yourself. When the wife too is according reverence to the husband, the wife is according reverence to herself. When the wife is submitting herself to the husband, the wife is submitting the, uh, herself to her submitting the word herself to herself. Amen. Is that clear and powerful? Amen. Any question? This is okay for today. Maybe tomorrow we may not have the time. But if we have the time, we will do some one hour and finish it. But is there any question? Well, last question. I didn't answer it. <laughs> but our last question is a general question within WCN. He's giving a general question. With him, so it's difficult to fully give what you want to give because people out there may not have that mind that I'm giving here now. Is that not true? It becomes difficult. But once you know it, you give yourself. The point is, you must, you must know how to go about what the scriptures say you should do. Nourishing, cherishing, correcting. You see, you see. And the wife should be willing to learn from the husband. The point is, how much knowledge does the husband have sometimes? There are a whole lot of things when it comes to this because of where the church is and what happens in the church today. Are you willing to learn certain things from the husband? Is that true? Yes. Ralph, do you have a question? Yes. Now, one of the most important things about marriage also is finances. But when it comes to finances, last time I talked about sex, sex, and all that. I talked a little bit, but I didn't go into details. Okay, for that one. <laughs> for now, I'm going to get at that scripture. It's powerful, but it's okay for now. But I think one area that is always, what do we call it, is finances in marriage. You know, finances in marriage. And that area must actually be talked about before marriage. We don't talk about that in the marriage. But if a man loves the wife to the point where I just said, you can't withhold any good thing for somebody from somebody you love. Is that true? And it depends on two of you. When it comes to finances, it might depends on the two of you, how you handle. Sometimes people do that, oh, uh, Dr. Jones, 
money goes into those who are in the house. And maybe Dr. Sandra's money also goes to certain certain areas and it's an agreed upon something. Then you follow. Some too feel like, oh, let's bring all the money together and let's do it so, 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 so. It also works, depending on the two of you. But like I said yesterday, don't be a stingy person, stingy husband, or even a stingy wife. Every day, your husband must be kneeling down and say, Chale, me see, some of them, I'm kaka, I'm kaka. Or the other way around, your wife says, Chale, me see, can I do so, I'm kaka. No. There should be, there should be what? An agreement, an understanding. A mutual agreement. See, if you are one, to that point where you are one flesh, because today's modern, everybody says that our money cannot be one. Our monies cannot be one. My money is my money. You use your money to do this, but my money there is my own money. You see? I don't, I don't subscribe to that, to me personally. Why? Because you are one. Like I'm saying, there are individual differences where when he gets money, hey, you won't see him again. You won't see are people like that and all that, a whole lot of things. Sometimes you can't prescribe a particular uh, what pill <laughs> for for my but it depends on two of you amen but i would advise that it's good if you bring your resources together so that there are marriages that come to that point where the, the husband can even buy a land and the wife never knows about it or the wife can end up buying a land or buying a property and the other person doesn't know anything about it until one day when the other person is dead he said Strange. Sometimes the most amazing thing is that because you didn't know, the person who even you bought the land from will even take the land again and sell it to another person because an issue has happened or something. So, but if the resources are together and what you are doing is together, we are all doing our own work and all that, but there is some kind of togetherness when it comes to our resources, when it comes to our finances. It helps even for the future. Come on, shout glory. glory. And every home must have a budget. That one must be written down. Every home. I think one of the reasons that all those things are because there is no budget. There must be a clear budget that two of you run in the home. Now they said that the budget has increased because uh, that, he, he, what? He, he, he levy has come. Economy is like this and all that. <laughs> but there should be what? There should be a budget in the home. You see, if you are a husband, sit your wife down. If you are about to get married to do that, let there be a budget in the home. Electricity bill, water bill. Now because of because prepaid 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 runs like Nanes Tundra. Go 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 when he sparks it. <laughs> Have you ever heard him sparking it before? It runs, it sparks, it's like, that is a, a Muhammad's repeat for us. <laughs> it runs like something. <laughs> is that not true? Have you used repeat? The new prepaid. So prepaid, let me check. In a month, you are around 1,500 Ghana cities. Just for prepaid, or even more. And sometimes you must off all your fridge and everything, air condition, fans, and just be in the heat because of repeat. <laughs> you see, so you must draw a budget prepaid inclusive uh, what uh, what else is in the budget 
What else should be in the, in the budget? Water is there. Food is there. Children there. Feast is there. Zoom, lion. Everything is there. So you draw all. You write all the amounts there. You sit with your husband on it. And say, this is the whole budget. Is that not true? Then, so how do we solve it? The is okay, at the end of the month, you bring 2,000 meters, I bring 2,000, we solve this one. The remaining 1,000, 1,000 is in our account. In case we have something, we can, we have our personal things we want to do, we can do it. Is that true? So, but it all depends, it's an agreement. It's not a, it's not a what? Uh, it's not a what? It's not a must or it's not by force. Depending because some people too, <laughs> you don't want to go into certain things. Amen. Some people just dash money. They dash money to outsiders. Dash money to outsiders. Dash money. So outside gentility. That one is typical. Of, is typical of, of men. Is that not true? You'll be doing outside gentility. Once money comes, your wife is waiting. You are going to pay. Then you are going around paying things outside there. You meet somebody. Say, Kojo, hey, dog, you see how to? Kojo, the fifty here. <laughs> No, it's something for the boys. 50 Ghana. Something for the boys. 100 Ghana. Uh, meanwhile, in the home, water is 100 Ghana. You are saying, no, no, you wait. You pay at this time. So there should be an agreement. You know, because of the, the system we find ourselves in and all that, and our various salaries and all that, sometimes things are not the way you expect. You even be able to save some. But we are believing God for the blessings to manifest greatly. Amen. But that aspect, financial side must be agreed upon before marriage. It's so important. If you make a mistake and you enter in first, you may end up getting a husband who never wants to bring anything. And you also don't want to have debts to pay. So you end up now using your own resources. Or sometimes a whole lot of things happen. So it depends on the couple. Come on, shout glory. glory. So on this note, we've got the whole Is there any question? What did you say? Oh, you never asked then. I wanted, I wanted to touch on the finances because it's one of the issues. So you can ask. Finance is an issue. Finance. Especially when, uh, and I'm, my advice to ladies, don't be so modern that, don't say my resources belong to me. If your husband is a good husband, oh, my, all my resources belong to me. Because your body doesn't belong to you. So if you can give, if you can give your body to your husband, you can give it that your money is so important to you than your own body. Is that not strange? You can give your own body to your husband and keep your money. Then you must ask you questions. It's just that sometimes too, the husband, I don't want to go into a lot of things. Because <laughs> I've seen a lot of things like that before. See, I've seen a lot of things like that before where people, uh, like all kinds of things. So the, the wife decides that, no, my money now from this day, I'll keep some for this. If I'm taking care about my children, I'm thinking about this. Let me begin to put this thing because this particular young man, we are not divorced, we are married, but if I don't take care, I say me <laughs> I assume an else will take place. I say me reba. Say me reba. Okay. Give me the question and then. Yes, Natalie. Thank you very much, sir. Yes. Um, yesterday, actually, you started uh, talking about it, but yes. I think uh, it, it wasn't conclusive. Concerning forbearance. Yes. So until yesterday, uh, I had this notion that for me, if 
hits you once in a mm. abusive relationship. Mm. Uh, abusive relationship. Correct. Mm -hmm. If a guy hits you once, just walk. Mm. But yesterday, you talked about forbearing. Forbearing. Yes. Because for me, if a guy hits you once, he will hit you again. Mm -hmm. So, so when can a lady forbear? If, it's not only ladies, there's also it's the, the other way around. How, for how long should you forbear? Uh, is that not a powerful question also? So, what it means is this. We forbear one another. It means that you endure with certain things. Why? Because, like I said, we are all working on ourselves. But the exception is with abuse. See, we all have to come to be cautious when it comes to abuse. So, the abuse is not even just physical abuse. I'm not talking abuse, like I'm just saying, go, 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 go. And it's not only men who abuse, women also abuse. Women also abuse. But even sometimes verbal abuse. And that's what I'm saying, we are all working on ourselves in a way that. There are words that must not come out of your mouth. So there are certain words that are so harsh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Certain words. But some of them are not to that point where you say, oh, because you insulted me today or because you had an issue and you said something about that I didn't really like and all that, I'm leaving the marriage. But it depends to what, to, you're asking to what extent. It depends on you. The physical one, dear. Who would want to answer that question? Yes. 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 See, see, let me tell you, when it come, what he's saying is true to some extent. Sometimes, some ladies love men so much to the point where, before the marriage, where, where, no matter their physical abuse, they don't care, they want to marry. Oh, yes. I, I, he says he has seen some before. Is that not true? He has seen some before. It's like yesterday when I said that sometimes you can see your husband as somebody who is just cheating every time before the marriage, cheating every time, cheating every time, never changes. You still marry. marry. So things happen like that. We are, we are talking in a church, but when we go out there to find one or two, you see that things happen. But in all of that, we, we is, I think we, I cannot say three times or four times or one time. You see, but you have to observe. You have to observe one or two things. And then see if you can endure. If you cannot, if, yes, if you cannot, you have to see the, one of the things that's important is this you should be able to have a spiritual person you speak to. You speak to. It's very important. That is why all this garden wedding is good. But today, people do garden wedding without any pastor. The pastor standing there has never met a couple before. They just say, "Person over here with the mouth." Okay, okay, oh yeah, a thousand Ghana. They say, "Hey, so and so garden." They just come do the garden. You never even meet you again till the rapture is off. So that's what is happening in the. But under normal circumstances, there should be a spiritual person, especially your pastor. See, 
person that you can confide in. When such person comes in, because sometimes people don't talk about it because they don't want to talk about it. See, but you can tell your pastor. Your pastor can call your husband if you are in the same church. You are not in the same church. Maybe your husband, pastor can still say that it's my daughter and call your, your husband or your wife whoever, and bring the person and talk to you people and still continues. Then you see the whole issue. You consider, you weigh the whole balances and then you know what to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? But don't stay to the point where you are being killed. Don't stay to the point where you are being killed to die. Where acid is being poured or water, uh, uh, what poison is being poured in your eyes. And you are eating every day, eating every day. After six months, when we look at you, Agwena, your hand is working somewhere, your leg is working somewhere. You've gone home to be with the Lord. The Lord will accept you there. And the Lord will say, Akwesi, na den, So it's, 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 it's something we must look at. We cannot give a specific. Sometimes even you, the pastor that is standing in to talk and all that, I don't know you may end up being, you are not careful, you are not strong, you may end up becoming a third party within the two parties. But that is part of the job. Whether you are a third party or not, what can we have you in your job? Is that true? So it's very important. But if somebody tells you, a friend of yours tells you, this is what I'm going to, so, 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 so. One of the things you can do is, oh, pastor, so I don't want to take that time. One of the things you can do is to tell her, ask her, do you have a pastor? Who is your pastor? How do you? People don't, people, people don't even know their pastor. Those are all the things that happen. You may not even be able to have access to your pastor, especially when you have a very big church. But you have access to a leader, so a particular leader that you can trust. Do you understand? There are pastors when you talk to they don't even care about it. They are so busy, they don't care about all the abuse. Ah, until one day there is divorce and they'll say, oh, this is, and all of that. But the, the church is always structured in such a way that there's somebody who is your leader that you can talk to to get to your pastor. Okay, when you're able to get to your pastor, he can give you some counseling, invite two of you, talk to you, monitor the progress, and see what happens afterward. When he sees that he's still continuing and the way things are going, can just say that my daughter, this is my advice for you. That one is up to you to take it or not to take it. Oh, my son, this is my advice for you. That one is up to you to take it or not to take it. Amen. 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 But don't stay to die. And not fulfill your cause. My, my problem with that one is your children. Don't let your children suffer in the hands of, of a particular person who doesn't understand how to raise children. Meanwhile, you have gone home to be with the Lord and singing in the heavenlies. Your child is here suffering. So look at all of that and then you work on it. Amen. So for now, this is the conclusion of the matter. But let us all be prayerful in the relationship. Let's, like I said, let's make adjustments and work on one or two. Amen. Amen. Is there any other question? Hey, about the first time, you have questions? Oh, not a list of questions. You are standing there with, are standing there with Abba Fopai talking about list of, is it one question, is it a list of questions? <laughs> it was about 20 questions, 20 questions. By the time we are done, it will be 11, 11 p.m. Some of us will be sleeping here. So you leave it, just keep the questions, you answer them. Amen. But Emmanuel, another question. 
one. Uh -huh. Let's see the question. If it's, uh, you push it to tomorrow. In, in, in the events of current happenings. What? In Ghana. Oh yes. Ah. I've told you I don't live in Ghana. I'm in some forest somewhere. So all the things happen, I'm not hearing. <laughs> so if you are talking to me based on Ghana, you <laughs> I'm living in some forest somewhere in the spirit realm. <laughs> so what you are saying, I'm hearing it for the first time. I mean I know it happens outside there, but Ghana there, I'm yet I'm hearing that. Ah. Okay. So, so this question, let's just answer it tomorrow, eh? Because yes, we have up to maybe three o'clock, or maybe two. So let's answer it tomorrow, because people are hungry. You see, if you if you want to make if you want to make way to somebody's heart and mind, you must make sure make, make sure that the belly is filled. And yes, they make a God bless you all. Shall we all share the grace? So your question tomorrow, write it down. Then tomorrow, we we'll look for some one hour or one hour, 30 minutes and answer those questions. Because we are all young. If we speak in tongues, speak in tongues, and we don't handle marriage too. As I speaking in tongues, you get to marry, then all your tongues will be silenced. Amen. So keep it, and then tomorrow, we continue. Shall we all share the grace together? The grace.